sweetness. Yes, honey. How are you? Couldn't be better. You couldn't be better? Like everything is perfect? Everything is perfect. There's no room for improvement in any part of your life? No. Really? Yeah. Wow, you're that good. Yeah. Huh. I'm one lucky guy. <laughs> yes. And I live with you, so I know that that is not the case. Ouch. Oh, really? Ooh. James 1, Sauna 0. Well, as long as you're a winner, I'm happy. That's <laughs> you're happy for your husband who's won? Right. Life is perfect when, when husband wins. Welcome, everybody, to Baboshtan. My name is James Newcomb, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Sana. And she's happy to be here, although she's reluctant to admit it on the microphone. She's delighted to be here, and we are delighted to be in your earballs. This is the final installment of the series that we have been doing called Crave. What do you crave? We began with community moved on to respect, adventure, Voshtan, and now here we are on the E of the CRAVE acronym, which is energy. So, Sana, what do you, just what comes to your mind when you hear the word energy? Huh? Should I talk about cicadas? Uh, let's get to that first. Just I think you should talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I want to go to that. Yeah. Eventually. Mm-hmm. You talk about it. Okay, let's let's try this again. Okay. So, Sana, what just what comes to your mind when you hear the word energy? As it applies to like what we need to live. Energy for me means my personal life. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna apply to that. Uh, when you're here with me, mm-hmm. I am full of energy. Okay. I can tirelessly do anything I want. Um, I love to go for a walk with you, and I just hope and wish that the trail never ends mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're holding my hand and you're walking. And I like to have long talks with you on different topics and subjects. Um, I also love to pray with you and do my devotions because I feel like when we are together, I feel more energy. Mm-hmm. positive energy inflow into right. my body. Right. And when you're not here, I my energy level goes down to zero. I just, I get sleep, I get enough food that I need, but I don't have any motivation to move on. Mm. And I can't focus on my work. I do not want to do exercise. Sometimes I don't even want to cook or eat. Uh, it's just like my mind is always on you. So, honey, you pump my energy <laughs> level wow. up when you're with me and you always support me emotionally and your words, sometimes the words of encouragement you tell me, that's just all I need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, energy in my personal life means that. Okay, good. Make sure you're speaking into the microphone, sweetheart. Like, I am speaking like as close as I am right now. Honey, you remember the hair? Yeah, you have to forget about the hair and just speak into the microphone. Okay. All right. Well, that's lovely, Sana, and I appreciate all the really nice words that you've said. And uh, I agree that we are both better 
when we are together versus being apart. And God knows we've been apart plenty in the last couple of years, well, the last three years. It's been probably about half and half I've been here or in Virginia. Hopefully we're getting to the point where we won't have to split time uh, between here and elsewhere. We, hopefully we, we can square things away so that we can be together full time. Um, what I had in mind with the word energy and as it pertains to what we all crave as human beings, we all crave community and respect and adventure and voshtan. Voshtan is, I think, the best English word that I would equate to voshtan is righteousness. Uh, so, but we all crave to worship. We all crave a relationship with uh, something that is greater than us. We all crave a purpose for our lives that supersedes the natural world or the, our daily activities. I, I believe that we all crave that. And I, I was trying to figure out how in the world is the word worship going to work into this acronym. And I just kept going back to the R. But it's just, if, if you replace R with W for worship, it's quave, and we, we just can't have that. <laughs> so I guess I had to go for the next best thing. But when we, we all crave to worship, we all crave to have a, a relationship with our creator or a deity that is larger than us, that, is, that supersedes our natural existence on this earth. Extraterrestrial power. Extraterrestrial power is a way of putting it. And uh, I think it was Augustine, the great uh, uh, Christian theologian, <clears throat> who said words to the effect of we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And he didn't, he, he's probably speaking in Greek, so obviously he didn't say those words. But it was essentially, it's that, that phrase, I don't know exactly what he said, but it's been translated and in modern English, it, it, it has become adopted that phrase, we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. We, there's something in our hearts and our souls that can only be filled by God or whatever Bill Nye the science guy calls God for all you atheists out there. So, but, but the bottom line is we all crave uh, something that is just bigger, bigger than our existence on this earth. We all crave a purpose like you ask yourself, why was I put on this earth? Was it to do this or was it to do that? Or was it, was I put on this earth to do this job that I don't like that I'd, if, if I had my way, I wouldn't do it anymore. You have to ask yourself, what, what, why am I here? Is it to do this thing? Now we're here in Vietnam and we actually started this series of recordings while I was in Virginia and Sana was in here in Vietnam, but I've since relocated to Vietnam, and so now we're in the same room. And as you can hear, Sana's far more energetic. Let's hear that energy, Sana. <laughs> See, just case in point, listen to all that energy from Sana. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> listen to all that energy. <laughs> Now, here in Vietnam, this is the time of year, we're recording this in the month of May 2022, and if you go outside, we live in a place called Eco Park, and eco obviously means that there's a lot of trees, a lot of grass, a lot of green, which is nice. 
It's swans. Yeah, it's a nice contrast from Hanoi, which has concrete jungle to the max. There's very few trees, very few, very little grass. So it's it's a it's a nice place to live. It's nice to visit Hanoi, but it's also very nice to leave Hanoi. <laughs> In fact, people travel from <coughs> other part of the <coughs> town yeah. to come here for holiday. Right. Yeah. So it's a desirable place. Yeah. And so this time of year, there's these bugs called cicadas. And there's a lot of trees going down the road. And uh, I was out for a walk very early this morning. I think I left for the walk at about 4.30 in the morning. And it was just like, it was, it was amazing. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning hit. And it was like there was a switch. Somebody flipped a switch. And it turned on the cicadas. And it was nice and quiet while I was walking along. And then all of a sudden, the cicadas just woke up. And you know why, right? Because cicadas, when the, just like zombies, when the lights start coming up, right. in order to survive, okay. they have to make okay, those so, noise. So it's the light. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about the time that the sun appeared and came out. But it was, it, it was an, really eerie how all of a sudden these cicadas, and there must be millions of them in these trees, and they're so loud. It, I, it was deafening. Like you and I could be walking down the road and we wouldn't be able to hear each other. Right. They were so loud. <laughs> it was crazy. But the thing about the cicadas that I just learned and Sana just educated me on this is that they, li- they live one day. They, their entire life, their entire life cycle is 24 hours, probably around 24 hours, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. But they are born, they reproduce, they do everything they're meant to do on this earth in one day. And I just thought, what if all we had on this earth is one day? How would we do things differently than how we do them now? Probably we'd do things very differently, wouldn't we? Definitely. If yeah. all we had was one day left, what would we do differently? Would we have the job that we have? No. Would we have the friends that we have? No. We probably just wanted to work out a way to survive. Okay, a way to survive. But what I'm saying is that we wouldn't, in many, most cases, we wouldn't do the things that we do on a daily basis. We wouldn't tolerate the BS that we tolerate in our jobs, our friendships, our marriage. We we just wouldn't tolerate it. We'd say, I only have 24 hours left on this earth, I'm not going to spend these, these precious few hours left listening to your nonsense. And, and it just it put me in mind of that scripture, I think it's in the book of James, where he says, our lives are like a vapor. Now, if... Honey, you know the book of James by heart. Well, I, I know how to spell it. <laughs> it <laughs> because is, you it always name. quote from the book of James. It's been my name for the last... <laughs> 45 years, so yes. Yeah, that's good. I, I know how to spell it by I'm heart. I'm sure if you had Book of Sana, I would know it from front to back, back to front. Right. Well, I, know how, to, I know how to spell Sana, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's chapter four. It's in the latter chapters where he says, our lives are like a vapor. And if you are cooking someday and you're... You have some chicken boiling right now for the dog, and you look at the uh, you look at the 
vapors coming out of the, the water that's boiling. And you look how it, it's there for a split second and then it's gone. And what James was saying is that that's our life. If you compare it to the whole of human history in the view of eternity, that's what we have. That, that, that as fast as that vapor appears and then goes away, that's our life when you view it in the in, in light of eternity. And so that's what the challenge that I want to leave with you is what are you why are you here? Are you here to do this job that you don't like? Are you here to put to to hang around those people that you quite frankly don't want to be around? Or is there a, a bigger purpose for you to spend your few years on this earth? Why are you here? Now, there's two things that I want to bring up before we close. And the first is, uh, you're familiar with the USA hockey team beating the Soviet Union, 1980. Mm-hmm. You're Iranian, and you were the enemy at the time. You Actually, your people is part of the reason why the Americans were so pumped up about uh, their hockey that team in game. 1980, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Because right. this was when the Iranian, uh, I guess they had their revolution and they took the prisoners or the uh, people Hostages. hostage at the embassy in 1979. And the Soviet Union had just invaded Afghanistan <clears throat> earlier in 79. So 1980 comes around and uh, America is just in turmoil. They're just divided. They're, they're it's, just, it's not a good time. So, and then here comes this young group of kids in the, in the, in the Olympics and they're going against the Soviet team, which is the best in the world by far. No one can skate with them. They're, they have like a record of like 300 wins and two losses in the last 10 years. I mean, they're that wow. good. They're, they're incredible. Mm. And America beats them in the semifinals of the Olympics and they go on to win the, the gold medal. But this, this story of this U.S. Olympic team was um, uh, remembered in, in a movie called Miracle, starring Kurt Russell, who played the coach, Herb Brooks. And one of the greatest scenes in the whole movie is right before they go take the ice for this game against the Soviets. And he, sa- and he basically, in so many words, he says, you were put on this earth for this moment right here. This is why you're here. You were born to be hockey players, he said. And that is from the movie and people that were there in that room, like the players, they remember, he literally said those exact words. You were born to be hockey players. And you were born <clears throat> to exist at this moment and beat this team. Not just not just skate with them, not just compete with them and uh, like die a good death with the best team in the world. You were put on this earth so you could beat them. And that's what they did. They, that, that became like, how can you not go out and, and play your best game after being told that? So these young people, they're 20, 21, maybe 22 years old at the oldest. They were given that sense of purpose in that moment. And in that moment, they went out and they performed and they got the job done. They beat the Soviets. And as I, as I recall, 
I just read a book about this team recently. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the game against Finland, the next the next game with the gold medal game, Herb Brooks walks into the locker room and says, "Well, you better win this, otherwise everything you just did against the Soviets is for nothing." <laughs> <laughs> There's this book called The Boys of Winter that I just read. Mm. It was really good. And it totally different vibe <laughs> in the mm. in the pregame speech, but it's a total exact same message. You better do this or else what you've just accomplished is going to be forgotten. Right. So um the man the man knew how to motivate his players. And, you know, I mean, were they really put on the earth so they could win a hockey game? Probably not. But in that moment, they were given a purpose. They were given, they had a mission to accomplish mm-hmm. in that moment, and they did it. Would they have beaten the Soviets on talent alone? No way. Mm-hmm. Even, even the coach knew, we don't have enough talent to beat them. But in this moment... You have a purpose to, uh, you're, you're going to beat these people. You're going to beat this team. Right. He wanted them to put <coughs> all their energy and with all their being to play that yeah. game. Yeah. Forget about the world. This is it. This is the moment. Exactly. Yep. This mm-hmm. is why you're here. This is why you were put on this earth for this moment right here. Now, Funny. And you know what? Yeah. You're talking about this hockey game and mm-hmm. how America was so, you know, involved in it do you know the uh, world cup is coming and iran and america are playing against that's each right other. <laughs> they're in the same group aren't they 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 are four groups uh-huh four um yeah in one group there are four teams right and iran is against america and that's in the first game yeah i think wow. they're, I'm, I'm not sure i know I they're follow. in the same group so i yeah. think they'll play each other at some point in the world cup all right and that's in Qatar this year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a beautiful stadium. Yeah, we passed by it. I, I recently did a tour of Doha. Mm. Very brief tour and a stopover. Anyway, um, that's what I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. about uh, the USA hockey team. And um, the, sec- the, the last thing that I want to bring up before we close up shop here is there are times... <coughs> where it seems like failure is knocking on your front door. It seems like the world is against you, and it seems like uh, things just aren't working out the way that they're supposed to be working out. People don't do what they say they're going to do. People don't, they, they just don't show up in a way that you expect or that the way that they, they really should. And on the surface, it looks like failure is your middle name. In my experience, Sana, there are times where, in looking back at my life, when I've in- encountered failure, it was basically the universe kicking me out of the nest. You know how mama birds, they'll take care of their babies mm-hmm. until a certain time, and then they basically just say, literally will pick them up Mm -hmm. pick them up and push them out of the nest Mm -hmm. and that's how they learn to fly looking back at my life and you can probably say the same thing where you experience a failure and all of a sudden you're just you're you're out of a job or you're out of a relationship or whatever the case may be and it's basically the universe is is forcing you out of the nest Mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to fly right 
And there are two ways of looking at failure. You can say, oh my God, this so-and-so failed me. So-and-so let me down. Uh, this, this, this happened and you know, I, I had no control over this. I, make yourself the victim. Or you can say, there is someone out there that has a plan for me and brought about these circumstances to happen so that I could be put out of the nest and learn how to fly. I'm the second one. Huh? I'm the second one. Yeah. I had an experience before. <coughs> Tell us about it. And, you know, honey, every time, um, you know how my mom is always, you know, brought us in a way that to think everything in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like we probably saw a horrible accident. I would have been shocked. And immediately mom will hold grasp of us. Look at me. This was a sign from God. Let's look for a positive sign. There's something out there going to happen. So one, once something bad happened, definitely we have to open up our ears and you know minds to see what is the God plan next. Mm-hmm. That He stopped us for a while, put a pause to reach to that, you know, um, that better plan. So my personal experience is every time that I hit a rock and something that I really wanted badly didn't really happen and I didn't get it. The next thing was even better, even bigger. And it really surprised me. Um, I remember when I was working for a hotel called Royal Cliff in Thailand. Uh, It was huge. Of course, they hired me as a mice manager and I was underpaid. there was a convention hall that could accommodate 120,000 people at the same time. And we would have gala nights, we would have award nights for big insurance companies. And I was just paid, you know, $1,000 per month. And I didn't have vacation, I didn't have weekend, no holidays. Day and night, we were just hosting events. At one point, I gave up. And we met the owner of the properties. And then I said, that's it, I'm giving up, I'm gonna leave. And I didn't know where I'm going. <laughs> and I needed a job badly at that point. You know? And I, I told myself, I'm not going to give up. There is something out there. This is God's plan for me to stop. To come from a hotel where Maria Carey and Enrique Iglesias was received on our helipad to suddenly being, you know, sitting on a corner of my house, it was devastating for me. But then suddenly, it's like, you know, I was just applying and applying. There's something came up, and it was in Singapore, Management Development Institute of Singapore. And I was like, teacher, I always wanted to, you know, uh, coach people. I want to care about people. I want to share about God. Maybe God is calling me at a young age to go into university. But I was thinking, is it really true? Because I'm just 28. I'm too young to be a professor at university. But then I passed the first interview, the second interview, the third interview. Apparently there were 20 doctors, I don't know, much, much older than me, and they chose me. They were like, the thing that you have showed us in the mock class and your mind map that you draw on a big A3 paper of a whole chapter, it was amazing. We want that into our kids' life. We want that um, you know, to apply. And that was the peak. I suddenly, you know, from uh, in going just straight with no um, no surprises in my life, suddenly pick up high. 
I was on my, you know, success trail that goes leads straight to my success, and nobody was there to um, push me down, you know, or any stumbling block. I was my own boss. I was, um, I could do anything I want uh, with my classes, with my lessons, and whatever I want to share with my, my students to, you know, build a better future for them. And I had chances to share about God with them and gain the trust of those young people. So, yeah, you're right. When sometimes things go in a darkness valley and it seems like you hit the wall and you try to punch it down and it won't. But there is that supernatural power or God that kind of reach down and hold you up and you feel light. You feel like you're entering into a new phase of your life with assurance, with uh, support, which is greater than man and human power. Hmm. Well said. Yes, and I would, I would just say that uh, there are times where things, things just seem to be going wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is oftentimes a sign that you're supposed to be doing something else. You weren't put on this earth to do something less than your best, mm-hmm. to give the less than your best, to to know your gifts and how it can contribute to humanity. Right. Sounds cliche, but I believe it's true. And God never give us something that we are not able, capable of doing it. Exactly. Right. And I was going to say something else, honey. <coughs> I forgot. Oh, too bad. Well, obviously it wasn't meant to be. I was going to say this. Okay, here we go. You know what? <laughs> you know what? It's just a simple theory. Um, look at million, millions. How, how, I don't know how long the earth was basically started revolving and life began. If our life didn't have purpose on earth, and if we were supposed to just hit the rock and finish, give up, then we should have still been a caveman. Hmm. I mean, look at millions of years back until now. Do you see how human life changed? That, that's a sign from God that God is trying to say, look, I didn't put you down on earth without any purpose. If it was like that, you would still remain as a caveman like before, and there would not be any progress in your life. Mm-hmm. If you look at any country, any race, any human being, even as close as family, friends, and us, Anything that happened in our life, the next thing was always better and progress. Something better came. So I, I think me and my family always believed in this. That's why we always created that peace in our life. We are not worried about tomorrow, and we knew that something that happens, definitely we are waiting for next day something bigger is coming. So we were always excited. Mm-hmm. and happy, rejoicing in it. And I think that's the energy everybody have to have in their life. And with that, I think how we want to apply to our business is we want to cater to our clients and those who want to be part of our business to give them that push. James is a very able guy. He is very patient. He has been through a lot and he has shown his strength and resilience. And he wants to show that and he wants to portray that into his communication with our com- clients and I am very happy to be his supportive wife in his endeavor to make sure that his purpose will be fulfilled so I think that's 
that's why uh, he and I, we both thought about energy would be the best element to finish um, the whole crave, right? Uh, you know, factors that uh, portrays our business in mm -hmm. the society and the community. And we want, and I am sure James is a motivator. He is in my life. He has been in army, and sometimes in our married life we have some, uh, you know, discussions and arguments. And I sometimes tell myself quietly in my heart, he acts like a army commander. He doesn't act like a husband. <laughs> He's like command, and he stands straight when he talks, and he raises his voice, just like in the army when. You are on the front line. There is no time for army commander to be caressing you. Oh, sorry, poor you, you're in pain. If you are shot, the army commander is like, you want to leave? Get up and run. So you want to leave? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> so he, James, so James, James' position in the business as a founder and CEO <laughs> is to make sure you will not die on a battlefield. He's going to help you to run even if you get shot in your arms or on your legs so you know if you take it into organizational level or a business level um, in order for leaders to reinforce positive behavior happening within among the employees sometimes they give positive reinforcement and sometimes they also impose negative reinforcement a positive reinforcement <coughs> could be give extra bonus money holiday mm -hmm. you know in promotion but a negative reinforcement uh, is to take some of your benefit away you mm -hmm. know sometimes they ask you give you a deadline very tight deadline mm -hmm. and they will say you have only 24 hours and if it's not on my desk you're not going to get that promotion you know, so everybody fight for it in organization to be that person to finish up the task. Or if you do not do your job well, you're not you're gonna get 20% less on your salary this month. You know, so a top manager in organization will get the message. That's some sort of a motivation in organizations. All right. Well, good words from Sana, and uh, I want to close by <coughs> making an offer for you. Now, I think. No, I'm not going to offer to punch you. <laughs> that's not that's not what I'm offering. <laughs> I think I remember saying in the introduction of this audio series is that the elements of the crave, the community, respect, adventure, voshtan, and energy, they all work together. And if you listen to each one, you could say, well, I could see how this could fit in with community, or I could see how this could fit in with uh, adventure, voshtan. I can see... How they, you, you could take what you're saying right now and you could apply it to this other element. And, and you're right. They do work together quite well. And I think that they all, they all end in the energy. The, the, what we mean by the energy is the, the purpose, the, the, that connection with that higher power. That's what we're talking about when we say energy. Now, I do have an offer for you. About a year ago, in I think it was July of 21, I interviewed a fellow by the name of Hector Garcia, and he's the author of a book titled Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. Ikigai is the Japanese word for purpose, and uh, really, really tremendous book. And you just go on Amazon. I'm not going to give an affiliate link or anything, 
but just go on Amazon and type in Ikigai, and the author's name is Hector Garcia. But he and I had a really nice talk, and it's an interesting story of how I heard of this book and contacted Hector. And it's at the very beginning of the interview. But I encourage you to, to listen to the interview. And it's on our app. The, the container app is Learnistic. But I have a, a, an account with Learnistic and just my own little portal on, 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 on Learnistic. Uh, but uh, the way to access this interview and the many other offerings that we have on the app is jnshub.com slash ikigai. It's J-N-S-H-U-B dot com forward slash I-K-I-G-A-I. And that you're going to enter your email address and that way we'll know how to get you access to the app and the interview. And uh, we have a lot of other stuff available on the app. So <sighs> what else can we say, honey? We've made it to the end of this audio series. It took us long enough over a month but here we are at the very end yeah i'm excited to see what our audience think about what we said about each of the elements of crave yes and we encourage them to write to us um uh, they can contact us through either info at jns.media yep or write personally to james or i and we will promise to get back to you or if you have anything to share with us and you want to be part of the podcast to share some of your experiences with any of these elements in your life, write us an email and we'll make it um, available. We'll make it our third top priority to get back to you. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. And of course, this is all part of the Bavosh Don podcast. That's always available for free and uh, click that subscribe button and we'll be in your earballs with topics similar to this. Eventually guests, but uh, for now it's just the two of us running our mouths.